time. God bless you. Before we enter into the word of God, I would just like to greet you from Croatia in my personal behalf as well as, as in behalf of our church, Light of the World in Varaždin. I will just shortly introduce myself. For all of you which don't know me, my name is Denko and I'm pastor of the church Light of the World for over 10 years. Church was planted by my family, me, my wife Ivana and my mom Melita and my father Robert who went to be with the Lord a year ago and we miss him a lot. Ivana and I have two kids, seven year old David who just started elementary school and three months old Zara. We live in a small town, Varzhin, 45 minutes away from the capital city, Zagreb. I inherit small dry clean, cleaners business from my father, so I work practically in my own home yard. And my wife, uh, my wife temporary on her maternity leave, works for the regional government as head of perfect office. I would like to thank Sean and his family and especially Scott and his family, which have become our true friends and brothers over past years for all of their support, encouragement and help in planting and raising our church. Their true blessing unto us, so I pray that the Lord may use them even more by doing the work of God. Also, thanks to Ian and Judy for hosting us every time we visit your church. You inspired us and we would like to be very much like you when we grow up in, in Christ. And now let's start with the sermon. Passover dinner, Luke 22, 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas, called Iscariot, who was the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it, just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, 
I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, he took it, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes, that it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. God, Father, thank you for everything. Thank you for your love, for your mercy. And I pray that you move with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Right now, please. Please, God, teach us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. At the beginning of these verses, we may see that the Feast of Unleavened Bread and Passover is near. This was Jewish feast and celebrated as remembrance from being delivered from the Egyptian slavery. The Feast of Deliverance through which they celebrated God who delivered them. During this season of festival, Jerusalem was crowded with the people. Multitude of Jews will come to Jerusalem on that day from all parts of Roman Empire. Just try put yourself in this story. Just try put yourself in this story and this event which took place at that time. Some events take place before Passover dinner. Jesus came on the donkey and the crowd welcomed him. Some of them thought he was Messiah, Hamashiach, <laughs> while others claimed him as false prophet. Roman army was prepared and cautious being afraid that he may take over the rebellion. So one whole legion of army was in Jerusalem. Jewish chief priests were in fear that people will start following Jesus and that, his, and that this will result in Roman destroying their temple. Jesus entered the temple, rolled over the table and start teach in the temple, proclaiming the good news and prophesying about destruction of Jerusalem and pronouncing his second arrival. What a time! What a time! could be said the culmination of the time with abundance of prophetic words taking place and being fulfilled at the same time. 
a time of huge tensions. Let's just try to put ourselves into this tension of that story. And, and at the same time, Judah was arranging the betrayal of Jesus with Jewish chief priests. Verses 22-7, And the day of unleavened bread came, when the Passover lamb is put to death. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make the Passover ready for us, so that we may take it. On that day of the feast, they will sacrifice the Passover lamb, as a remembrance of Exodus, where by the innocent lamb gave his life so that their ancestors could have a life. They also ex ex expected on that day arrival of Messiah, Hamashiach, their Savior and Deliverer. They took the bread and ate the lamb, the lamb through which God has made possible their salvation and deliverance in the past. The disciples weren't even aware of the time took place, nor the fulfillment of everything that was prophesied by God's word and who really was with them. So, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread are truly unique. They are truly unique. This Passover and this Feast of Unleavened Bread are truly unique because the shadow become reality. Because, here, 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 listen, listen. Because the shadow become reality. So the feast were just the shadow of reality about that we can read in Colossians. And the shadow was just imperfect and incomplete picture. So, the shadow was just announcing an arrival of something realistic. Here, on this Passover, shadow was being put together with the reality, which is Christ himself, because everything is from him and by him. He is the perfect picture of invisible God. Old Testament, Old Testament feast and sacrifice in Old Testament are shadow, but he is the perfect picture of God. He is the reality. They went to prepare, here, 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 this. They went to prepare the Passover lamb, but the Passover lamb was already with them. They went to prepare the Passover bread, but the bread was already with them. Heavenly bread was already with them. Heavenly lamb. Jesus is Pascha. He's the Paschal bread. He's the Paschal lamb that will bring deliverance, salvation, and forgiveness. When John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, here comes the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Disciples weren't aware of the fact that shadow is becoming a reality and the multitude 
of the prophecies, including God's perfect plan, are being fulfilled. They are not knowing or being aware of everything God and Jesus doing in background. So, we have a situation where the enemy is pulling out his strings. Rome pulled out his moves. The chief priests, Pharisees, and Sanhedrin pulled out their moves. High priest Caiaphas pulled out his moves. But at the same moment, God was pulling out his strings. In the same way today, both in the world and also in your personal life, everybody pulling their own strings or moves. But the one that has the last move or the last string is God himself. So, what can we see from that? Although they, uh, they, they weren't in awareness of the measurements of the events taking place at this time, not where they completely understand everything that was happening, important is that they were obedient. They were obedient. I truly believe that in this time of tribulation in the world, God is calling us to be obedient. Even if we aren't clear what is happening. So, let be daily obedient in small stuff. Like preparing a dinner in law for your family. Clean up the church. Call your brother in Christ. Pray, teach, proclaim the gospel. Share your testimony. Help someone. Because the kingdom of God consists exactly from the serving other people. As well as our discipleship. That's the only thing that really matters. Love God. Believe Him. Enjoy Him. Adore Him. Worship Him. And be obedient. And be obedient. And be obedient. That's why you should be obedient to His commandments. And don't be bothered way too much with global happenings. But instead, do what Jesus is telling you to do. But instead, do what Jesus is telling you to do. In this time, God is calling us to obedience by reading and practicing the word, His word. So ask God, what should you practically do and not struggle about what politicians must do or decide? Let's see one verse in, in Acts 1.6. Will the apostles were still with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, are you now going to give Israel its own kingdom again? Jesus said to them, you don't, don't need to know 
the time of this event that only the Father controls. But the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. Then you will tell everyone about me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Judea in Samaria, and anywhere in the world. After resurrection, disciples start asking one global question. But instead of giving them an answer, his response was, it's not upon you to know the answer. <laughs> but he said, what you really have to know is, know is that you will receive all necessary power when Holy Spirit, when Holy Ghost come so that you will witness. You will have the power. You will have the power when Holy Spirit, when Holy Ghost come so that you will be witness. We need the power of Holy Ghost to be obedient. The important thing for us is not to know why something is happen, happening in this time, but what God wants us to do in this time. So, the key for you, for me, is be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with Holy Ghost. Pray in the tongues. Worship Him. Read the Bible. Seek Him with all your heart and ask Him. Seek God, what God wants you to do and be obedient to that. And be obedient to that. So be fully of the Holy Ghost. Be fully of the Holy Ghost. And trust Him, believe Him and be obedient. Amen. Luke 22, 13. Peter and John left. They found everything just as Jesus had told them. And they prepared the Passover meal. They were obedient. When the time came for Jesus and the apostle to eat, he said to them, I have very much wanted to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. What? We see, we see that Jesus sat down with disciples and had supper with them. And all to, around them, all kinds of events were taking place at the same time. We see God put his last supper as center of his doing of final work. Not the political decisions that were made by chief priests or by the Roman Empire. But even in this moment in the world, at this table is the center of the greatest work of his masterpiece. I have very much wanted to eat this Passover meal with you before I saw, before I suffer. So, we see the reflection 
of his longing and desire and his love above and before any suffering he will go through. Jesus is perfect picture of God unseen. He had hankered for fellowship with disciples. Psalm 149:4 For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Again, for the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. God, God himself enjoy in fellowship with you. Both when you are alone with him, also when you worship in the church. In the same way as the Lord enjoys in disciples. And in the same way that Lord God enjoys in Jesus. That is where you should also enjoy in him. And adore him. Find your joy, satisfaction in him. Tell him, I enjoy in you. I'm joyful in you. I love you. I adore you. I worship you. Enjoy in his presence. Enjoy now in his presence. Enjoy his word. Enjoy him because he loves you. Because he enjoys in you. He takes delight in you. And after that, we came to the most intimate moment in fellowship with him. 22:19. Jesus took some bread in his hand and gave thanks for it. He broke the bread and handed it to his apostles. Then he said, this is my body which is given for you. It is a way of remembering me. After the meal, he took another cup of wine in his hand. Then he said, this is my blood. It's poured out for you. And with it, God makes his new covenant. The one who will betray me is here at the table with me. The Son of Man will die in the way that has been decided for him. But it will be terrible, terrible for the one who betrays him. Try think of the fact that the same hand was together with him at the table. In his most intimate moment, actually betrayed him. The verse say, says that he take the bread which was symbol of his body that was surrendered for us. He surrendered his body so that we may have a life in him. Hebrew word for, for bread is lechem, so he is the heavenly lechem. And he is our bread of eternal life. And he also took the glass of wine that symbolized his blood, blood of new covenant, a better covenant. Because of his blood, we are in new covenant with God. 
us that were so far away, now we are close. Part of covenant, new covenant, better covenant, in which we have forgiveness of our sin and justification and righteousness. What else can we do but to be grateful and give him the sacrifice of worship, sacrifice of thanks and glory, sacrifice of ourselves for him. So I like to end up with giving him thanks. You also may give thanks to him. Thank you, Father, for sanctification in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we are blessed in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that we are anointed in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that we are alive in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we are free from the sin, death, and the law in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we are righteous and holy in the Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we are justified in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we are loved in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that we have peace in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you delight in us. And thank you, Father, that we have joy in Christ Jesus. And thank you, Father, that we are forgiven in Christ Jesus. Amen. I pray, Father, that you move now with your Holy Spirit. Touch the people with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Move and touch the people. And bring everything they need right now. I also want to pray for, for healing. I see in my ministry, uh, when I pray for the people, people get healed. And I, I just want to pray for you. If you have some pain in your body or sickness in your body, just, just put your, your hand on, on that part of body. And, and I will pray and I, will, and I believe that, that you will receive, receive the healing. In Jesus' name, be healed. The bags be healed in Jesus' name. The stomach be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Right now, be healed. Your body be healed right now. Be healed. Your whole body be healed in mighty name of Jesus. Right now, be healed. Be healed your knees right now. Receive your healing right now. Be healed. Your head be healed. Your heart be healed. In mighty name of Jesus, be healed. Right now, be healed. Amen. God bless you.